0: This is Liam Sanyo from Inside Scientific, and in this special episode of Industry Insights, we're meeting with three immuno-oncology experts at Crown Bioscience, Dr. Saskia Deman, Dr. Mark Putker, and Dr. Firuz Dafterian, who recently joined us for a webinar about the impact of T-cell directed immunotherapy on the cancer immunity cycle. In case you missed the webinar, you can find a link to it in the description here. But today we're going to be taking a deeper dive into some of the concepts and addressing some of the best questions we were asked. Uh, okay, then Saskia, Mart, and Pirouz, thanks so much for joining me today. Are you ready to answer a few questions here?
1: Of course, of course. Thanks
0: fantastic. Um, Well, first of all, we got some great feedback from our audience on the polls. Uh, Was there anything that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, uh, thanks Liam for that uh, introduction. So the first poll we showed during the webinar was on what kind of essays um, is our audience using to evaluate um, their T-cell therapeutics. And what really stood out to me was that Um, a large percentage of the responses replied that they focus still uh, on cytokine analysis, as well as, for example, flow cytometry readouts. In the webinar, we also uh, described our high content imaging platform. um, And I wanted to share a bit about... um, how that is different and what that can add compared to um, those effects uh, and cytokine uh, readouts, um, even though they are very useful um, to study, for example, the activation um, of the immune cells in any study, in any essay. Um, one thing that we think uh, is really a benefit of the high content imaging platform is that we can also really assess the effector function. So not only are these immune cells activated, but also are they migrating, are they infiltrating tumor objects and can they kill those two more objects. And um, one of the great things is that also at Crown Bioscience, we can combine these different readouts. So um, at the end of our high content imaging essay, it's always possible to also collect the supernatants. And some of our biomarker teams also can do the analysis on that. Uh, But really to have not only the activation status, but the effector function can be very useful, I think, in many research questions. Um so that really stood out to me on the first poll and maybe uh Marit can give some insight into the second poll. Definitely.
2: I think one thing just to, to add actually Saskia to what you were just saying is is that also it's very interesting to to review those different parameters because they don't always align, right? So whenever you yes. find an increase in your cytokine profile, it doesn't always mean that you also see increase in killing.
1: Exactly. So I think we the, have some the fact that we can
2: distinguish those two readouts is actually uh, a nice added added value for this. Uh,
1: yeah, I think uh, we'll platform. talk a bit later about um, maybe about uh, our uh, checkpoint inhibitor assays. But there, for example, even though we see large increases in, in from gamma production, uh, signaling activated immune cells, uh, we don't see enhanced killing effects, and so that is a, a discrepancy that is indeed interesting uh, to to measure uh, with the different techniques.
2: Yeah, and if we then move on to the to the second poll that we also had, which was uh, the question was what cancer indications are of interest to you? Uh, we had a whole list of cancer indications uh, listed there: uh, brain, breast, lung, liver, pancreatic, gastrointestinal, kidney, prostate, cervix, uh, and other uh, was the last answer. And and what was nicely indicated is actually there's a very nice spread in our audience in in different uh, fields of interest. Uh, very clear enrichment for uh, for the the classical uh, lung and breast cancer interest and, uh, and gastrointestinal interest. Um, but overall, I think we actually see uh, uh, interest in, in in most of those indications. Um, we also received questions about this in in our uh, uh, in our chat afterwards regarding which models we actually have available as crown and and for which assays. Um, and uh, it's safe to say for the in vitro platform that we have uh, availability. Uh, for all of the epithelial tissues. Um, for the ex vivo platform, we also would have probably brain tumors. Uh, but for the uh, organoid platform, we uh, we only have uh, uh, models available from epithelial tissues, which is kind of everything I just named without uh, the brain uh, organoids, which is something we may be uh, interested in developing, uh, but it's really from a different perspective. Uh, uh, technical uh, aspect uh, because the the organoid models that we've been describing so far they're all based on epithelial stem cells uh, hence also this uh, focus on those type of tissues and then from there for all of those indications that we have uh, available so those are uh, over 17 uh, tumor indications now available um, we will be able to all of the assays that were described that we are doing um, that we're Offering as organoid surface, uh, we, we can use all of those different indications in those assays. So, for example, of the co culture model, uh, all of the co culture essays that Saskia has been describing during the uh, during the webinar uh, are available. Most of the indications have already been tested, uh, and some of them will still need to be uh, optimized. But, uh, but so far, all of them have been successful, so I don't see any problems with that. Um, then on top of that, we've, we, of course, we can do so the simple co-cultures, but also the reconstituted TME assays. Uh, we have all of those organoid models available uh, where we can combine them with uh, either immune cells, but also, for example, with coughs, uh and myeloid cells. Uh, so these type of co-cultures will also be uh, mentioned and, 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 and actually uh, discussed in depth uh, in our next webinar. Um, and lastly, there's the uh, the more autologous setups that we have. So that's one uh, is the setup that, that I described during the webinar, which is uh, talking about the colorectal uh, co-cultures, where we're developing the autologous uh, setup, so deriving the TILs or the PBMCs from the same patient and putting them into a co-culture. Uh, but also, we have this ex vivo patient uh, uh, tissue platform, uh, where we're deriving directly from the tumor uh, the the the, the tumoroids, uh, and seeding them into the plates. So really with primary tissue uh, running drug screens. And there, of course, because it's so primary, it's also autologous setups. So all of the autologous TME uh, components are in those cultures, uh, allowing actually to, uh, to, well, to, to, to look more into the autologous uh, responses.
1: Yeah, and maybe I can um, um, touch on that as well, because um, we also saw that question popping up, like which I/O essay would be best um, to use? Uh, of course, it depends very much on, um, on your question. Uh, and, uh, one of the things is this difference between autologous and allogenic, um, systems that is, uh, often, uh, asked also in a day-to-day basis to us. And I w- just wanted to touch upon, um, what we can do with both systems. And I would like to start with the allogenic, uh, setup and, um, one thing is that uh, this also comes with a lot of benefits. So sometimes clients are a bit uh, hesitant to start with that. Uh, but what we see is that uh, it's very scalable. So we can really run many conditions, uh, many plates, because we're working with healthy donors. So you get uh, f- for the blood, you get uh, large amounts of cells, um, which allows uh, large testing capacity as well. And also for many uh, treatment modalities, we really see very good assay windows. So, for example, uh, with antibody-dependent cell cytotoxicity or for bispecific antibodies or for cellular therapies or, or, or things like that or other immune modulators that target, for example, the myeloid cell compartment, we really get really nice um, results in those allogenic um, setups and so there's um and that really allows the scalability and indeed the innate um, tumor microenvironment and the autologous system can be very important for some drugs as well, right? And uh, this will be discussed more in the next webinar. Uh, but it also comes at some cost. So, for example, there the scalability and the reproducibility is uh, more difficult because you are limited in the material you can get from, um, from one patient, right? And um, so that really depends on, on your question. I think one uh, treatment modality that I left out of my list just now is checkpoint inhibitors. And there we really see that in the conventional setup of an allogenic system, it's very hard to observe any responses on killing. Um and there, for example, in the primary tissue uh, platform, we really do see uh, similar response rates as we also do in the, in the clinic. Uh, so about 20% uh, depending on the indication. And also we, we think that with optimizing the autologous system with organoids that uh, Marit discussed in the previous webinar, uh, we might also uh, be able to test that at some point. Um, but, of course, Perus also joined us in the in the webinar and also getting allogenic uh, PBMCs into an exhausted state might as, uh, might help us get a bit closer to that exhausted phenotype that is also uh, correlating with a checkpoint uh, inhibitor uh, reactions. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit the difference between autologous and allogenic systems uh, that I wanted to touch upon.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, You know, thanks so much, Mart and Saskia, so far for the great insights. Uh, Covered a lot of ground between, uh, you know, the polls, models and assays available, autologous versus, uh, you know, allogenic systems, checkpoint inhibitors. Um, But Saskia, I think what you just said leads into a nice question. And uh, Purus, I think you can uh, cover this. Uh, Is crown Biosciences T cell dysfunction and exhaustion assay ready for screening or characterization of immunomodulatory drug candidates? Um,
3: thank you. The, the assay that uh, I described in the webinar uh, is ready in this sense that uh, we have few rounds of um, uh, activation or stimulation of T cells as it happens in the tumor deposit to model it. And as it happens in the tumor deposit, we uh, we have in our setting the upregulation of co-inhibitory molecules as a positive feedback, as well as we have the inhibition or suppression of uh, functional uh, parameters such as key cytokine uh, measurement like interferon gamma, TNF-alpha, um, and also, on top of that, we, because like uh, uh, in other uh, platform, also you saw that the killing is a is one of the verdict of in these kind of in vitro setting. We also show that the killing has been compromised or uh, suppressed. So, with that sense, the assay has been repeatedly reproducibly uh, showing the same in different donors. Um, that we have uh, tested and validated the assay. Yes, the assay is, is validated with that sense. With terms of uh, reversing or curing these T cell exhaustion, this is the stage we are at right, right now. And yes, we, are, we will be happy to, to uh, include uh, drug candidate and uh, uh, you know uh, to, to for this phase of the of the T cell dysfunction T cell exhaustion assay. Uh, the readout that we uh, we are right now conducting, and although we can, uh, there any uh, some other readouts are possible, but to uh, to focus on the main uh, major uh, uh, telling readouts in our assay, we are we are measuring cytokine, we are measuring this um, like immunophenotyping of the co-inhibitory molecules, and we also. Uh, uh, conducting a killing assay to show the killing um, effect or impact of the drug candidate on reversing the lost killing ability of the these exhausted or, or dysfunction T cells. Um, what I want to just add is that uh, this assay also can be translated to car T cell because that's the same scenario that you have repeated uh, or persistent of the antigen. So
0: that's also doable. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, uh, Peruz, it's a great answer. Uh, I think that's just about all we have time for today. Uh, so thanks again, you know, Peruse, Mart, and Saskia for being with us today, that was great. Thank you.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks everyone for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out our recent webinar together. You'll also be able to catch the next webinar in our series starting January 26th, which will be about analyzing the suppressive tumor microenvironment using in vitro assays, with an accompanying podcast published shortly after that. We hope to see you there, and have a great day, everyone.